Welcome to Roadcase, the podcast that explores the live music experience. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Josh Rosenberg, and I'll be taking you on a journey through in-depth interviews with performers and key people in the industry to explore the magic of live music, how it can be totally transformative for both fans and performers, and we'll look at how they take it all out on the road. It's going to be a great ride, so here we go. Welcome back to Roadcase, everybody. I am so happy and psyched to be here for this episode. Really happy to have had my friend Erin Ray stop by for a chat. Uh, just really love her. And if you are here for the first time to listen to Erin Ray, welcome to the Roadcase community. If you are a regular and or returning listener, welcome back. I'm so happy to have you back. And thank you so much for your support. Uh, I want to remind everybody that there's a number of different ways that you can help support Roadcase. Uh, the first and really easy way is to follow us on the socials. We're at Roadcase Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Another great way to get involved with the Roadcase community is to shoot me an email uh, with your questions, comments, concerns. Uh, start, let's start a dialogue on live music or anything you'd like. Promise I'll get back to you. My email is info at roadcasepod.com. Uh, great way to find out more about the the pod is on the website, www.roadcasepod.com. You can also find out other and alternative ways of listening to this on your favorite streaming platform. And while you're there on the streaming platform where you are presumably right now, uh, if you can rate and review this podcast and subscribe to it, that's a great way to support Roadcase. Uh, you can subscribe if you're on Apple Podcasts by hitting that little check mark in the upper right-hand corner. And and on Spotify, there's that little box that says follow. Just click that. And that way on those two platforms, you'll get notices when new episodes drop live. Uh, it's a great way to keep in touch with Roadcase and know what's coming up, as well as uh, subscribing on the uh, or following us on the socials. And also while you're there on your listening platform, if it's Apple Podcast, if you could rate and review Roadcase, I'd really appreciate it. It goes a long way to help support this podcast. So if you like what you hear or just want to support me, which I really appreciate. Uh, you just scroll down a little bit on Apple Podcasts, see those little stars, hit a bunch of those and write a nice review. It really helps out a lot. Uh, and thanks again in advance for your support. So I've got Erin Ray on the show today. Love this conversation with Erin. She's really an exciting folk, psych folk, cosmic country artist who's got a new album just came out on February 4th entitled Lighten Up, which has been really highly critically acclaimed uh, broadly throughout all media. She was even written up in the Rolling Stone print edition, which was really exciting. Uh, album is produced by Jonathan Wilson, also features a track with Kevin Morby on it and a number of really amazing artists play on that album as well. Uh, Jonathan Wilson, as you may know, is sort of the the lead person engineer of this new Laurel Canyon, Canyon sound. Uh, he's produced Father John Misty's early Dawes albums. Um, and 
Aaron spent time with him out at Topanga Canyon to produce this album. Uh, it is really amazing. I get a chance to talk to Aaron about all kinds of different things, her live music experience. She's been at Newport Folk. Uh, she's played in support of acts at, at Red Rocks, which was really exciting. Um, and she's just played at some amazing festivals across the country. She and I just connected back at, uh, at the Dawes shows. Uh, she opened for Dawes on their entire fall tour. Uh, really exciting. She's currently on tour in Australia with Courtney Marie Andrews, and she's going out on tour later this month at the end of, begins at the end of March in support of Watch House. I really had a terrific conversation with Aaron, and uh, you know, like I said, she and I have crossed paths a number of times, and I just felt like this was kind of like a nice, fun hang with an old friend, and really had a nice time. I'm so glad that you're all here uh, to listen to this conversation I had with Aaron. It's a good one. Thanks again for being here, and I want to send a special shout out to my friend Aaron Ray for being here on this episode of Roadcase. And here we go. All right. Hey, Aaron. How are you? So Hi. good to see you again. I know. Good to see you, too. Thanks for I having know. me. Yeah. No. So I'm so happy to have you. Thanks for being here. Um, so we were talking about how I saw you last at Dawes in the fall, right? Like in yes. uh, December in Chicago. Yes. Did, and then did you come to the Milwaukee show as well? I didn't. I didn't. I wanted okay. to. I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> well... I that was a much tell. better show, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was like a just totally different show, but I loved that Chicago show. That theater is so cool. Yeah. Uh, the Vic, yeah, it's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. What do you like about it? Um, I just love those. We don't have a venue like that here in Nashville. So anytime we get to play kind of a the theater with like the old kind of sculptural, you know, design. I'm Things, remembering that, yeah. right? Right. I guess, like, yeah. That's yeah. like well, not the first thing I noticed about the Vic that, that it's ornate or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm combining places, but probably you were in a long, levels, ton of places, right? Yeah, there are two levels. Yeah. There's a balcony. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like places with balconies. I guess that's what. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as opposed yeah. to like a room. I guess it's kind of nice from a fan standpoint because you're not too far back. You they you know you can sit up in the balcony if you want or yes. Or whatever. It's it's nice. It's cozy. There's that front space that gets it's like super yeah. cold. I know there were like it, if you're at the merch table there, it's like right on the street the essentially. Yeah, yeah, with the doors. Nice. That like yes. every plate like going to a show in in like from December on or November if it's like really cold is like challenging in Chicago. Like, you, where's my coat? I'm going right. to the bathroom. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. I don't know how y'all do it. I, I'm such a baby about getting out in the cold here. It's not too bad. I live really close to a beautiful park and I'm just like, once I can get layered up, I'm like, okay, I know I can get out there and get moving, but it's really uh, tempting to just want to stay in if there's a threat of snow. So I don't know how y'all do it. Keeping going. We do it. And I'm not even from Chicago, so I totally relate. I grew up in Southern California, so I'm like at heart, I'm a warm weather person. So it yeah. can be it can be done. Yes. <laughs> with the right amount of layering and just like, you know, when you can if I could skip a day and just say, Okay, I'm gonna freeze my ass off today, so I'm not going outside. But if you did that, you'd end up staying inside for four months in Chicago. Right. So you just don't do that. And you have like right. the right clothing, you just you um make it happen. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah. You just make it happen. You get out there. You put the big, big, big person pants on, and um, and you yep. just live your life. And it helps that I have a dog that loves being outside in any weathers, and yes. and that I have to be outside with him. So right, it is. It is. It is what it is. But yeah. Um, was that and so and that tour must have been really fun. They are just so amazing, and I was yeah. so glad. I was so glad to see you play there and be exposed to their audience because I think that's a super great combo. And um, yeah. yeah, thank you. Yeah, I um, I was so excited when that kind of came about. I think I found out about it like maybe in the springtime of last year that mm-hmm. that was on the horizon, and I was like, oh, that's so cool. Thanks, you know. Um, yeah, it was, it was great. We really covered a lot of ground too with, you know, starting on the, we started in Birmingham and worked our way up, you know, to New York and then started the second leg in Vancouver and, you know, all up and down California and back across. So it, it, we kind of, you know, covered the whole country. So it was really cool to to get introduced to their fans, you know, in all the different places. So, yeah. Did you feel like, did you like the reception that you got? Did you feel like they were, um, you were feeling a vibe up there? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, um, it's always nice when people listen to an opener, especially like a singer songwriter, uh, set up in ahead of a rock band, you know? So it was like, it, yeah. it it always meant a lot when people were were tuning in. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think my favorite show. I had two favorite shows, which I don't know if that's a <laughs> that's a no no. But the best that I felt was like our Portland, Oregon show. I always love playing Portland. I feel like a lot of my people are there, and then mm. that was like a Friday night, and I don't know. There was something in the energy. It was just really good. And the last show we played was in Houston this little theater. Um, I think it's an old movie house maybe, but, um, on this little historic strip and, hmm. uh, it was a packed, packed little room and yeah, it was just the best vibe. We had so much fun and I feel like, yeah, those are, those are like my, those memories stick out as like the, my favorite shows where the energy was just like really great. And, but yeah, all of, I mean, and you got to play those hometown shows with them too. Like they did like yes. four shows. They like two, I think it was two in San Diego or one in San Diego, but I know it was two in LA too at the Fonda, yes. which is amazing. I love that theater. Yeah. I, that was my first time playing the Fonda. That was great. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah it was right cool on Hollywood Boulevard. Yes. <laughs> There's like stars. Yeah, think, That's uh, like part of the walk of star. I think there were stars on the sidewalk there. I think you're right. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I think who was it that came to this to see them? Um, Brad Paisley. Ah, okay. Came to yeah. see their show, so he he was he was hanging around. Nice, nice. Ch- yeah, having um, guitar talk with Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right on, right on. Um, yeah, I thought you're talking about the vibe at shows. I thought that show at Dawes was exceptionally um, amazing from a fan perspective. Like the fans were, everyone was like super respectful and quiet and they just have a um, kind of a reverential sort of vibe with, with Taylor when, and when he's, because wow. And yeah, um, I just, there was not a lot of talking. There was not 
allow sort of you sometimes you know you can like hear all the talking all the, all the chat, time yeah. but really you could hear a pin drop when he was talking when he was singing when he was playing um especially his like brand new acoustic songs i think he debuted some crazy acoustic song that was really cool yes and it was just completely silent i hope it was like that for your set too i wasn't talking <laughs> yeah i think what's cool is like especially i think that was another night where it was like a friday night or saturday night so it's a big a big night in a big city so there you kind of expect that there's going to be like a considerable amount of like chatter excitement yeah, yeah. you know um in the audience but there was always with their crew especially with their fans there's always like this visible like section of the room that would be uh, listening in you kind of especially an opener I totally get it I talk at shows uh so there's like <laughs> it's it's an extra special treat when people are like totally tuned in and uh and are are 100% listening but with their fans I feel like it was like a really it was a it was a good mix because it was like the energy in the room was you know people were it's you know a weekend it's a Saturday night. I want yeah. people to have fun. I get it. But yeah, then there sure. was this visual, like obvious portion of the crowd that you could see were like tuned in and paying attention and totally. like really respectfully listening. And um yeah, so it was great. I yeah. uh and that was like more often the case than than not for sure. So it was it was cool. It's I feel like it's rare that you to go on tour uh, and have like, you know, pin drop experience for the opener at all times. Like there is, so it was, we, we had a good time. It was, is that weird. frustrating for you when that happens? I mean, definitely. But like <laughs> the, it's also like, you know, people are like more inclined to tune into what's familiar to them. And so, and yeah. then there's also like, you know, considerable portion of that is my job, like to be, to, to bring people in and, um, mm. or that's how I see it. Um, yeah. and so, yeah. So, and just sometimes, I mean, I've, I've talked to so many friends who have had the same experience. It's like, uh, I had a friend, he said he was opening for, who was it they opening for? Like maybe he, it was smashing pumpkins, I think. Mm. And he was like, it was, the like he was like they were just we were getting booed every night and they were yelling for the next bit you know they wanted the headline to come on stage and so yeah i mean anything below treat that treatment is i would say uh we're doing well <laughs> you know? your bar so, in other words yeah. your bar is super low <laughs> yes and but also yeah it's it's super great like when people connect with the music or come up and say you know a nice thing or yeah yeah yeah, it's great. I think, um, I mean, not to kill this too much, but I think Dawes is a band that um, that's very lyric focused. So that's mm -hmm. why I thought it's a really great combo for you because, um, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, really interesting content in, with your own lyrics. And people that are in the room for Dawes are there because of um, a lot for the power of, of Taylor's storytelling and songwriting. And yes. so they're there to pay attention. I really think like 90% of the people there were there because they were fans. Yeah. Like music, music, despite fans the fact that it was a Saturday night. 
Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. not like a metal show where people are like, let's go, we're going to rage. Yeah. No, it's right. Like, it's, oh, Dawes. Well, I, okay, I like them. I'll go. Yeah. It's sort and of I'll like drink that. some beers and yeah. hang out with my friends and, yeah. Right. And see Aaron um, Ray. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily in that order. And become but, a lifelong fan. <laughs> there you go. Like me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Although we had met at the the Tristan um, Tristan the Night Away show back in June, that road case sponsored at the Five Spot. We were at the first uh, at the first show. Yeah, uh, back in Nashville at the Five Spot. So yay, back, us. baby. Yeah, yeah. It seems like an Exciting eons times. ago now. Yeah. Jesus, wow. It was it was like a hybrid been... show. It was half half live yes, and half yes. uh, pre recorded. Yeah, it was my live stream debut. <gasps> Nice. I got to do a little piece congratulating her on her new album, and it was on the video with everyone yes. who saw it way out there, all the out there in TV land. It was very exciting. Yes, <laughs> loved it. Yeah, now I got the vibe. I got the fever. Yes. <laughs> um, you just well, gotta be on, a, gotta be on screen. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Really. <laughs> <laughs> that red light just is so oh, captivating. Yes, captivating. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Are you on tour with Watch House right now? I am going on tour with them in uh, March, at the end of March. Trey Burt is opening this this leg of their shows. Oh, I right. Think, yes, Trey. Yeah, I had him on the yeah. show. I had him on the show, and uh, the episode just came out a couple weeks ago. God, he's he's just phenomenal. Yeah, he's a special dude. I just, yeah. I just found out that we're both Tauruses, which I was like, huh, I did huh. not know that. We, we're uh, – yeah, so we're. I think we're about to find out we have more in common. Um, Makes sense now that I know him, and maybe that'll make more sense with you after yeah. this interview. <laughs> I yes. gotta get that feeling now. Yeah, you're like, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Or yeah, what he's he is on tour with them right now. He actually just moved to Nashville, so yeah, we're like neighbors that. now. Uh, oh, yeah. Cool. And uh, but yeah, so he's doing the first leg with them. I'm going to Australia at the end of this week with. Uh, Courtney Marie Andrews. Oh my! Um, wow. Yeah. So yeah, you must be excited about that. I'm very excited. I've never been. Uh, she has been like several times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I yeah, I'm just I'm thrilled. It'll be their summertime there. So and yeah, that'll be nice. What cities are you doing? We are doing a lot of cities. Some I have not been familiar with. Some that I have. Uh, I like. Definitely doing the big. Oop, did I go away? No, nope, definitely still there. doing that. Okay, uh, the heavy hitters, you know, mm-hmm. Sydney, Melbourne. Um, yeah. I actually need to like look at the. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You just like ballpark yeah. ballpark it. How long is the tour? Um, it's about a month. Yeah. So. Oh wow. Yeah, I think, or three weeks. Yeah. So you'll have time to adjust to the to the jet lag. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Presumably. Yeah. Presumably. I'm actually yeah. excited about that flight. Just it feels like a feat of strength to be uh to be like I don't know. Sometimes I love like an extreme condition every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> like, in the, can in I the air for sixteen hours or something yeah. like that? I've been in I think the longest I've been on the plane was like thirteen hours to like Beijing from Chicago, which is like the perfect time. You can take a nap, you can watch a movie, take another nap, eat some food, watch a movie, take yes. a nap. 
Yeah. So it's almost like you just have to kind of like relax into that and like yeah. appreciate the fact that you've got, you know, sometimes I'm on a plane like five hours across country and I'm like, oh, I barely got the time to watch a movie between all the naps that I was yeah. taking. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm well, excited to. Uh, that's big time. That's yeah. big time to go down there. And that'll be great to like yes. get that level of exposure and play in front of different audiences. Are you looking forward to that kind of? Oh, man. Like, is yeah. there like something that's like, oh, what, I wonder what this is going to be like? Yeah. Well, I, it's funny. I feel like so many friends have gone down there before. Um, the promoter BT, uh, has a festival called out on the weekend. And I've heard of like my friend Joshua Headley and bird cloud and all these bands have gone to play, uh, those festivals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Robert Ellis and Johnny Fritz over the years. So I've always seen it and I've kind of have like an, you know, what I would imagine it to be like, um, but yeah, for the most part, I'm kind of just like, I don't really have like a mental picture exactly of what, of course I have like the cityscape, the classic yeah. Sydney picture, but like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm excited to just be surprised. Um, does it, does it feel yeah. like, like right now when you're kind of thinking about it in your head, does it sort of <laughs> feel like different? Like, um, because it's not a, it's not like a U.S. tour and you're kind of going into sort of unknown, maybe unknown territory, but yeah. probably not, probably not. I mean, music's music and they're going to love you and everything. And yeah. is, there, is there that, that's a, there's like a level of mystery. It's kind of interesting. Yes, it is. I, uh, yeah, I, I've heard, you know, just wonderful things about like the, the whole vibe there is kind of like, just, you know, people wanting to have a good time and that there a lot of music fans are there. And I've, my friend uh, Henry Waggins is a, a musician that he actually, I met him years ago because he came to Nashville to make a record and I sang some harmonies on it. And, um, but he has a, like a radio show called the tower of song. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll be playing a festival together and uh, oh, cool. yeah. So I at least have these little points of like, a familiar person here and there that I'll get yeah. to connect with. And, um, but yeah, I'm just kind well, of with Courtney. Do you yeah. know her? Well, are you friends? Yeah. We, um, the first time that we toured together actually, and the only time, um, that we've toured together, we've like played festivals and stuff, but we did a, a singer songwriter tour, just the two of us in my, uh, Jetta <laughs> in 2000. <laughs> 13, I guess. And um, Trey had a Jetta too. Remind them. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, I mentioned that to him. I think yes. I'm getting that right. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you did a tour with Courtney and so a Jetta. A you got drove yeah, around. she was like. 2000 what? 2013, I think. Uh-huh. Or uh, maybe 2012. Like, I yeah. think it was. It predated. Yeah. It predated my first EP. I think I don't have, I feel like I had like burned CDs for sale and, uh, (laughs) she had been touring like for like five years at that point already. And so I was like, wow, Courtney's the coolest. And she was like on her third record, I think. Um, so I was like excited to, to learn from her. And now it's just cool to see like how both of our careers have like developed. Um, and she's killing it. And I, uh, yeah, we. I think the last time we hung the hardest, we got. She did a a, a live streamed performance from the Parthenon here for her new record, Old Flowers, mm-hmm. and it was I sang harmony on in that performance with her. Yeah. Um. So that was really fun. So yeah, I mean, I'm always excited yeah, yeah, yeah. to. That'll be fun. Is it more kind of exciting to go out with an artist that's kind of in a similar? 
sort of genre or musical lane than it would be if you're going out and just being plucked from, you know, and, and being playing in front of like a rock band. I mean, not Dawes, well, Dawes is like a little more similar. We talked about that, but yeah. would it, that be more nerve wracking for you to get in front of fans that might not necessarily be yes. that you're not in their lane? You know what I mean? And I don't mean for that sure. in a bad way. No. Yeah, for sure. I, um, yeah, I definitely, there's like a little bit of a, I mean, and still like I'm getting ready to do these dates with watch house and I, and, I've played a few shows with them and it, and our, it seems like there's a lot of crossover and the kind of music I do and like the fans that like their music and mm. um, like those shows were went well, I had a great time and yeah. their fans were super sweet. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like, I mean, it's probably a good thing to not just assume that everyone's going to love the music all the time, but uh, there, there's a little bit of like, a comfort and just being like, Oh yeah, I bet, I bet the, you know, people that listen to watch house would listen to Aaron Ray, you know, totally, totally, totally. Um, hey, I saw <clears throat> on uh, my morning jacket had several different openers during the course of their fall tour. Yeah. And one at Chicago auditorium that they played here, which is right up the street from me um, was Bedouin. Yeah. Um, Osneev Korkigian. Yes. And, and she is wonderful. And that's like, think, talking about a, well, she was playing with full band. Yeah. Um, but talking about a sort of complex combination of different lanes. Yeah. You, know, you can she, draw similarities for sure. And we could talk about that. But yeah, the differences, but in, she was well received. And, you know, I'm a big fan. Now. Uh, yeah. I'm a big fan too. And yeah, that's such a good example. I feel like, it is so much because even though my morning jacket puts on like a rock show, I do feel like their songs are also lyric driven and there mm. is like this depth to their songwriting and, uh, and least, and maybe it's like the emotionality of the, of the music, like the songs, yeah, like the yeah. music, even, you know, there's just a lot of heart in it. So it's like, okay, people that connect to music in that way, on that wavelength, it makes sense to me that, that they would also receive Bedouin, you know, and, and totally. dig that stuff. Cause totally. Yeah. It's such yeah, a cool, yeah, yeah. they both have great, great vibes. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so it's so much exciting stuff has happened since the last time I saw you. I mean, I was like flipping through Rolling Stone and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> There's Aaron. Um, yeah, there's Aaron in the little blurbs that I read. There's finally somebody that I know in there. Yes. <laughs> it was so exciting. Congratulations for that. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, it's, they, you know, there was, you've had several write-ups in like Rolling Stone's online thing, but this was in the hard copy magazine, yes. man. That thing's there forever, you know? In How print. many copies do yeah. you have? <laughs> I know. And I, I think my manager has one. I like actually need to get my hands on a copy. Yeah. Uh, you mean you don't have a subscription? I don't tell them. <laughs> Cats I think out I'm of the subscribed bag. online so I can read their 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 articles. Yeah, totally. Shh, yeah, totally. I just <laughs> I get it just because I've gotten it for so many years, and you know, there's there's some interesting stuff in there. I mean, there's sort of like so in so many lanes that I'm not necessarily in. It's good education from yes, that perspective. Yeah, you know? totally. Yeah, and then they have someone cool once in a while like you hey. in there. So, um, yes. but your new album, Lighten Up, it came out on February 4th to like. Like I said, this massive critical acclaim, and I'm I'm, I'm just like so excited about that. Thank um, you. Rolling Stone said that this album, in this album, you're hitting your stride. <laughs> Do you? Woo woo, yeah. Pump, you know, <laughs> ra doing the raise the roof. Raise hands. the roof, yeah. Um, 
what does that feel like and what impact does that have on you when, um, you know, such a revered music publication for lack of better descriptors says that about, says that you're hitting your stride. I, I feel like it, it's super affirming I, of like, you know, cause the, it making the decisions to go record with new people and, you know, kind of, uh, it's really nice to have that sort of, uh, feedback or that be the reception yeah. because yeah. in this, in this, um, you know, the subject matter is like close to my heart for sure. And like wanting to open up and like make myself available to bigger opportunities. And, and, uh, so it's cool to, to like have that be the reception, you know, um, yeah. it feels like it's in line with my intention for the record. It's nice. Like, obviously it's just a huge compliment. And then it's also just like, uh, a nice validating affirmation from the universe. Yeah. yeah validating. That's, there's the old, that's the word. That's the word. Yeah. <laughs> affirmation, validating. Um, yes. Do you we love, we love it all. I'll take it. Yeah, all. Yeah. Yeah. Let's all, let's, 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 let's take a minute and yeah. just let you absorb all that stuff. Yeah. Can I'm you sure read you, some more of the quotes? <laughs> which I'm sure you've already done. I think I got a couple other ones here. So yeah. we'll, we'll get, we'll get to that. Okay. Just pump the brakes for a second. Okay. okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, need more. Always yeah. Need more. No, no, we'll do plenty of that. I mean, I can, you know, I can be, I can be as complimentary or as nonchalant as you like. We yeah, forgot, nonchalant. I, I forgot to give you the, uh, the pre-interview survey about how complimentary you, how much stroking that you need. During this <laughs> <Yeah>. interview. <laughs> you know, I love you and I've told you that before, so, yes. but I will say that also again for everybody. Yes. Your music is absolutely wonderful and I love it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, but do you feel like you're, was, what does hitting your stride mean? Is that accurate? And do you feel like you have in a sense and after you define it, like, tell me whether that kind of applies. Um, I, well, I think it's a, it's a, you know, the creative dilemma to always kind of be a mad, well, yeah. Creating art, I guess, of any kind I have, as I have read is, you know, the experience of that is often having an idea, trying to bring it, you know, trying to realize it as, as best as possible. And, uh, you know, I feel like with this one that happened, I feel like I see a lot of myself in this record and, uh, I, you know, there are times creative ideas that I brought to the table or like, I was like, Hey, can Kevin do this weird, like Nancy and Lee part, you know? And mm. that wasn't necessarily something we had really talked about prior, you know, just any pre-production kind of thing. And I was like, I just have this idea and maybe it'll be weird, but kind of, you know, the experience of like advocating for those little ideas. I, I have that memory when I listen back to the record, I'm like, that was awesome. I feel yeah. great about that. Mm. Um, and yes. So that being said, I feel like there's always things where I'm like, oh, well, next record I will not, I guess not to like compare or whatever, but yeah, just always skills I want to develop within myself and uh, singing and the songwriting craft. And I haven't, you know, uh, it's awesome. I feel like 
for someone in that, you know, for a publication like that to say I've hit my stride, it really kind of feel like it gives me permission to continue to, to create and like see what's going to come after this, you know, too, which yeah. is, uh, that's really awesome. I've, you know, um, so yeah, it's kind of a loaded statement in that it sort of presupposes a lot of where they think that you were before. And this right. is kind of like an issue with media. Like, yeah, I mean, I, like I hit my stride a long time ago, but maybe, you know, it's sort of, it's sort of kind of a bizarre statement and I, I apologize for like bringing it up, but no, I did want to sort I mean, of get, me. it's, it's, it's very much of a, of, um, I, I really love the fact that it was so well, well acclaimed for you. And I just ca- kind of thought that was a, a quote and I wanted to sort of get what your reaction was from that. Yeah. Um, but you, you, and you worked on this album with Jonathan Wilson, who's like amazing and his work with just mind blowing artists. Like for those that don't know, Angel Olsen, Billy Strings, Father John Misty's new album, Dawes' yeah. first two albums, among others that I'm missing, and I apologize if I have yeah, not no, so many. mentioned. Yeah, there's so many. There's so many. Um, how much of an influence did that have? Obviously, that had a ton of influence. What was that like working with him, and um, what did that help you with um, during this process of coming into your stride? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think, well... About the stride thing, my, I like... Yeah, let's go back to that, no problem. Yeah, sorry. <clears throat> me mid, mid sip of coffee. <clears throat> <laughs> I, uh, it was really cute. I feel like my fans were coming in, coming into the Instagram chat being like, or on the comments or whatever. They're, yeah, they're yeah, like, yeah. I think you hit your stride, you know, two records ago. And it, right, I my, that was my point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, that that's, yeah, I don't take offense to that. It's kind of just like, oh, like... I get how like the press it's, I don't know. A certain well, it's something level like of awareness it's a good, is built a, up over time. Yeah. And it's a like, good thing to say because it may, it really, it does engage readers or, or anyone that might be reading about this to sort of, Oh, this is in. a key key album for Aaron, which I agree with. Yeah. Personally, uh, I'm talking about myself. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. And of course, I'm proud of the previous ones, but I'm not offended yeah, that they. I said- love them. I love them. Putting on, putting on airs. I like that song. Is like taking up. Is a. It should be paying me rent to <laughs> hang out in my head. <laughs> yes. Every time I listen to it, it's like a two day experience for me because I'm like <laughs> living that song loop. for like two days. Thanks a lot, Aaron. Yes. No problem. <laughs> uh, there. Uh, yeah. So going in with this record, I feel like you know, sonically. And okay, well, the reason that my my first introduction to Jonathan was through uh, Jenny O's record Auto Mechanic. Mm-hmm. Um, she's an incredible songwriter, the coolest. And then, um, of course, like Father John Misty, and of course, I knew the Dawes records. Um, and then, like I guess 2018, the, a record came out that they that he did with Leslie Stevens called Sinner. Um, which is kind of like, uh, it's like quirky country, uh, but not like straightforward, um, typical songwriting structure. It, it was cool. It was like a little outside, it was like outsider cosmic country to me. Um, and yeah, and we, we just, we met at, at, at Newport at 2019 and, um, I just, 
Yeah, I kind of was just curious to see what how we would collaborate and what that would look like. And he was interested in doing it. And, there, you know, we were able to make it work. Uh, our teams were able to figure it out. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I kind of just had this feeling that, like, it could elevate, uh, you know, the sonic palette. Um, you know, I, I, and just, and I think, and, uh, you know, energetically, maybe a shift occurring with me going out solo to like his studio and just kind of, you know, shaking things up a little bit as far as what I was used to and what getting out of Nashville yeah, is a big part and, of that. Yeah. I just kind of, um, I collaborate, I've collaborated with some folks like who I made putting on airs with for a number of years and, uh, yeah, I feel like we could have made a really great record as well. And, but I, I just kind of had this like instinct that like this, it was important to go try this experience. Yeah. 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 Um, Jonathan is so well known for really being a pioneer of this new Laurel Canyon sound, which, you know, in my view, Dawes is sort of right at the forefront of that. Um, And with your lane, cosmic country, psych folk, whatever you'd like to call it. Um, uh, how much of a, not responsibility, but sort of a, um, how much, well, let's, let's say just kinship with the Laurel Canyon sound vibe, do you feel, and how meaningful was it to go to Topanga? Well, his studio used to be in Laurel, but go out to Topanga, which is sort of the new, new Laurel Canyon now, yes. since Jonathan Wilson's out there. How much did that play into you wanting to do this, if at all? I, well, I think... I kind of, I mean, I just knew it was going to be beautiful to be out there. I, I yeah, don't really, exactly. yeah. <laughs> How much did you like, only just want to go to hang out in Topanga? Yeah, I just By really the way, I like vacationed Topanga. out there for a month last August, and I usually go to Venice Beach. I'm from LA when I okay. usually go to Venice Beach, but I'm like, you know, I, I found this great Airbnb up in the canyon. I was like, yeah. I'm doing this. It was just so cool. Yes. Yeah. The best. It's a great place loved, to be. So apart from yeah, that, <laughs> those windy roads. Oh yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, of course, like the lore of like, you know, Joni Mitchell and, uh, Crosby, Stills and Nash. I'm, I've been listening to this podcast called year of the Neil just recent, very recently. And was mm-hmm. the f- early episodes are talking about when he's really young and he's living in Topanga Canyon. So there's of course, like the romantic in me definitely, loves that mm. and i uh i feel like i have been around long enough to kind of know like oh yeah well i can have my idea of how something is going to be is not going to be is not going to be the same as what it is you know and so yeah. kind of going out there with like i love i loved the idea of like aaron ray goes to california love it because <laughs> it's just energetically it's like Anytime I'm out West, it feels there's just a big shift. There's like so much space, sky's bigger, bluer, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, being by the ocean. I feel like the ocean is oceanier. Yeah. It's much more (laughs) oceanier than, than it it is in Nashville. Um, (laughs) so yeah, so yeah, there's definitely a romanticize, like a romanticism to being out there, but it also just like present day is so beautiful. And that was, I think most exciting to me. 
to hang out in a nice place. I mean, it's better than being in Laurel Canyon. It's too far. Yeah, away from, it, it's well, too it's, far away from the ocean. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. To to hang out in a nice place, but also with you know this producer who is creating such a great body of work, and uh, yeah, I just wanted to. I was like, yeah, I want to go do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you got you got to work with him, and you met with him, and it all sort of lined up. It was really cool. But yeah, take me back a little bit to um, where'd you gr- to just a kind of background. Like, where'd you grow up? I grew up mostly in Nashville. We moved here when I was eleven, going mm. into middle school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and before that, I was born in Memphis, and then we lived in Jackson, Tennessee, like the first ten years of my life. Um, but yeah, I'm just Tennessee. You're a Tennessee. You're a Tennessee through and through. Very uh, rare. Six, I haven't. I don't know if I've met so I many. <laughs> <laughs> Is that like the whole entire state area code in, in no. Tennessee now? <laughs> no, I guess it's Nashville. Yeah, it it's is, one yeah. area code in Nashville now, but used to be the only one. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so grew not up, too many native Tennesseans, right? Yeah, I mean that probably like there's just that's sort of the American vibe. I was talking to someone about that. It's like, yeah, in Chicago you just don't meet native Chicago. I'm not from Chicago. Just everyone's right. just moving when you're in a big city. It's I don't yeah, know. and you've seen a lot of changes in Nashville. Yes. Did uh, you grow up in a in a musical family household or? I did. I yeah. my parents always uh, were worked like you know normal jobs, but there was always music um my dad played music when from like early high school years on he played in bands and mm-hmm. um he's from southeastern missouri and he and my mom played together when we were growing up and uh like a lot of that was like a lot of our like social or their socializing was like mutual friends that played music or we had um some family friends in jackson that hosted house shows Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the introduction to like the songwriter lifestyle. Um, and just, you know, and, and just hearing a lot of great music. Uh, but yeah. And then I, uh, when I graduated high school, my dad picked out a Martin guitar for me. Nice. Thanks dad. Take to college. Yeah. So really? that was kind of like, I, I, was like starting to have like interest in learning the guitar and he was showing me a little bit here and there, but so you didn't so pick it, it up like super, 18. you didn't pick it up super early. No. Were you just, I, were you singing or what was your experience yeah, like up to, to date before you were like ending high school? There wasn't a ton of pressure. My parents were very much like, do what, whatever you want to do. Like, mm-hmm. it, but also we weren't a family that had like a, like you could pick in our household, you could pick, like you could be on the soccer team or you could take piano lessons. Like it was like, you have like one activity outside of school. Multiple choice, choose one, choose two. And so (laughs) I tried a little bit of a lot of things and um, yeah. And then like junior and senior year, I was in, in the chorus program at school and that was fun. Um, But I kind of lost my train of thought. I, um, well, it's just like where, what, what musical experience had you had before that? And then you're sort of like, your parents were sort of, yeah. you either do X or Y. Yeah. Um, yeah. so it was, yeah, they weren't super, uh, like making me learn how to play an instrument or like mm. you, you got to stick with piano lessons. You have to practice. It wasn't rigid. It was very much just like, I think they just were, you know, cautious as to not like 
make it not fun for us to learn stuff mm-hmm. that we were interested in yeah. and more, they were more curious to see like, what are you what interested in? What direction would you go? That's really yeah. great. That's good parent. That's called good parenting. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> that's kind of so, the opposite of like helicopter parenting. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, that's, yeah, that, I was that, like, that's kind of like that. That's a little later. No judgment. Just, um, yeah. I know a lot of people like pick up, Oh, I was playing guitar at five talking to Madison right. Cunningham recently. Uh, yeah. that just came out like last week talking about new Laurel Canyon sound and, and yes. you know, she's like the new Highland park sound. Oh, she's amazing. She's yeah. amazing. Um, yeah, I, I, I love her a lot. Uh, yeah, she was like playing really early and playing for yeah. her sisters and her family of, she was the oldest of five girls and playing for her sisters when she was little and she yes. was just performing from early on. Yeah. Um, so having, so you got that guitar, you went to, you got a nice Martin though. Your parents were like, did that right. <laughs> Yeah, it was like, it's a triple OX1. So and it was like one of the newer in in the early 2000s, like, yes, this really nice model that stays in tune really well and Mm -hmm. uh, easy to play. Do you still have it? Rosewood Nick. Oh, yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, Do you play it? Do you still play it on stage? Yes, I bring it as like, for my alternate tuning songs. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I, uh, but that's cool. Mostly, yeah, mostly I play <laughs> yeah. my um my dad's my dad gifted me his uh he's got a 78 uh Martin Dread like tw- D28 um that he bought new and he's taken mm. such great care of it so he passed that on to me. And if I don't play it he lets me he's like He's like, uh, is everything okay with that other guitar? Like, how's the guitar? And I'm like, I just didn't want to play. I wanted to play something else. It's yeah. not, I love the guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. but He secretly he, just wants it back. He's like, well, you know, if you're not going to play it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's just like, I want, he wants to see it. He wants to see it shine. Stage, yeah. Which yeah. I, which I get. So when did you move on to performing and you got this guitar and like, how did the, what did that evolution look like? I'm really curious. It wasn't too long after that. I think, you know, I uh, I was singing in, in chorus and singing a little harmony with my dad here and there. Um, and I would do this acapella song, uh, Wild Bill Jones by, <laughs> it's, a doc, it's a Doc Watson song. But mm-hmm. and he used to do it acapella all the time. So I just grew up hearing it and did it. But that was like what I sang at my first open mic. So basically, I got the guitar went to college for a semester, came back and started going to open mic at Mm -hmm. this place downtown. And, uh, I kind of found my people there and I was like, Oh, this is where I'm happy. This is Mm. like where I want to be all the time. Like I, it's so fascinating to me that all these people, my age were playing music. Cause I think previously I had kind of associated that with my parents, friends, you know? Mm. So it was cool to find, to, you know, uh, I felt at home, but also I felt like I was finding people my own age. It was great. Um, at the, at the open open mics, at the open mic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that takes a lot of courage to just go do open mic. Yeah. I went, my, my brother, I love, I love good open mic stories. Good opening uh, mic. This is where, this is how I started doing open mic. I mean, it's not, it's not, yeah, it's pretty common, Um, but it's so, it's so intriguing to me. Yeah, my brother actually uh, had just moved to town. He grew up in uh, like Arizona, so he had just moved to town, and he was he's really into like hip hop music. Um, 
And he was like, I'm going to go to this open mic. Do you want to go? And I was like, yeah, I was trying to, you know, I'm down to hang out with my brother and mm-hmm. uh, some friends from high school that I didn't know well, but I knew who they were. Yeah. Uh, these two brothers were there playing music and they were kind of, it became clear that they were like, uh, you know, they're kind of like the rulers of the open mic, but not in a, in a weird way. They were just like really good, you know? Yeah. 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 Uh, and so we just, I just hung out with them that until like three in the morning that time and kind of just kept going back. So I barely knew I could pick a little bit. I could mm. like play C, G, D, maybe an E minor every now and then. <laughs> e minor is uh, an easy one though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not definitely not a B minor until yeah, yeah. right away. But right. Uh, <laughs> I'm with but you. Yeah. I know. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, the old bar chord. But yeah, so I kind of just started writing songs to, in order to have something to play. And I think it kind of seeing other people do it my own age, I was like, okay, they're doing it. I can do it. Like, I'll try. And yeah. uh, so, yeah, well, that's pretty, that's bold. There. Like, you got, you have like an inner courage thing. Like, I I'm going to just like, I got to get out there. <laughs> I might as well just write my own songs. Like, is yeah. it really that easy, Aaron? Right. And then I was like, parents i'm gonna pursue music i don't i think i'm gonna take a year off and pursue music like what does that mean i had so you know so much learning to do and uh but they were supportive fortunately and yeah clearly your dad got you the guitar what is he gonna say yeah this is what you get he probably was (laughs) can i get the guitar back you need to get a real yeah exactly yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. well the hands-off stuff works i mean yeah that's kind of that's sort of the thing you know yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's really cool. Um, yeah. And then when you sort of, um, and then you played the, you had a band, uh, the Meanwhiles, which I yes. think is really cool. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I. Uh, the story with the Meanwhiles is I was playing music with two people I met at the open mic, Corey mm. and Ben, and uh, Corey, Corey Beckler and Ben Ewan, and we were playing. Corey and I were singing harmony with Ben for his songs. And we would occasionally do one of each of ours, um, for these, like, it was like, uh, the thing above an open mic here is like the writer's round or like the showcase thing where it's a bunch of different artists. Uh, you know, you get a 25 minute set and we would sit, play songs in the round, but yeah, Ben, Corey and I would just play, so that project was called The Means. Mm. And Ben moved away in like 2011. And I was like, well, let's, we started playing my songs and uh, started working on an EP of my songs. Uh, Corey's now husband, Graham, uh, produced it and helped me get it together. And I was like, well, since Ben's gone, let's call it the Meanwhiles. Like, while we wait for Ben to come back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of I course, he did not come back. There, he yeah. got married. And uh, yeah, and um, we're still good friends. He lives in Pasadena. But uh, anyway, so that's the story. And really, the name, yeah. the Meanwhiles, wasn't like a proper band in the traditional sense. It was kind of like a rotating cast of people. Mm. Uh and I just kind of thought it sounded cool to have a name like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, now it looks like that album that you did while you were waiting to do something else. But that's just kind of looking back at it from my perspective. But it's all good. It's all good. Um, 
I wanted to come back to something, and then you and then you started producing music on your own and um, or just under your own name, which is yeah. which is amazing. Um, uh, and this putting on airs from twenty eighteen that was your second album. Um, yes, yeah. That, that was and really, you really know, the meanwhile, it, the first record was was my own stuff too, but it just yeah, yeah, yeah. Used that name, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, if anyone's looking for it, you got to sort of like dig just a little bit more. That's just all. a little bit. It's on a different Spotify uh, Account artist. Or yeah, yeah, artist. Right, right, You can't, right, you can't right. meld the two. It's the craziest thing. Right. Um, I wanted to talk about one. Yeah, you can't. Oh, you can't put them together. Right. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense, though. Sort of. Um, well, fortunately, your name is in both. It gets really complicated when it's a someone has like three, four, five different band names, and then mm-hmm. then it sort of gets it, it, it gets it gets crazy. I just talked to Dave. Hairy. I just talked to Dave School of Widespread Panic, and he's got like literally a dozen projects that he's worked on throughout his like massive career. And yeah, corralling all that is is just crazy and admirable, yep. and just that he's that that it's all there. It's it's um it's really remarkable, but. I wanted to talk about something that you said, and I told you I had another quote that I was going to look at, but yes. I can I can paraphrase it. And I'm Hit sure you're it. you've you've heard this before, but <clears throat> in talking about lighten up in the title, and I think this is really interesting. And um, when you talked about so much of your life has been focused on yourself, in large part due to your insecurities and lack of um, and lack of self love, you said lighten up is a reference to your own self, kind of as a reminder to lighten up uh, to not play you're you're not really you ain't the first and you're ain't the worst in your own (laughs) words do you remember that and i thought that was just really interesting and very um and very revealing about yourself can you explain that a little bit and sort of um what's going on in your head when uh when you think when you think about that with insecurities lack of self-love and kind of being very are you are you hard on yourself oh yeah i was actually just talking to my mom about this because I was fretting about some situation and she was like, I was like, do you think it's like an OCD thing? She's like, actually, I just remembered that your first kindergarten teacher conference, the teacher said that I was very hard on myself as like a Mm. (laughs) five-year-old. So I was like, I think it might be clinical at this point, honestly, but yeah. um, Yeah. So, so yeah. So lighten up is kind of just like, dude, like quit being like so self-focused. Like there's kind of like the, uh, yeah, it's like this way of trying to find, uh, self-protection and, or just being like, am I going to be okay in the world? It's like, let me figure out how to like get any character defect out of the way and make sure I'm aware of anything that I could be like rejected for which is, this is like a deep thing, but yeah, let's um, do it. Let's, <clears throat> I'm good. I'm good with deep. I can handle it <laughs> as long as you um, can. Yeah. I, uh, so yeah. So kind of just doing some work around that, like therapy stuff and yeah, that, that quote, I didn't come up with that quote, but, uh, it's kind of like, yeah, it's like join, joining the human races to be messy and, uh, everybody has, Well, what, um, where were you before that and what sort of brought you, was that something that, that you wanted to really explore and kind of, um, you saw that as something that you wanted to change or at least look at as a part of your own personality? What, um, what was the thing at that point that 
kind of because when people are saying, you know, you have a realization, right? And you're yeah. like, oh, I fuck that this is fucking yeah. me up, you know? Yeah. This is fucking me up enough so that maybe I need to take a look at it. I need to talk to somebody else about it, an objective yeah. person, like a therapist or what have you. Um, and I, maybe that could help. That's a major, that's a huge step for anybody to take. What was that? What was it that made you decide to go and do that? Cause it seems like it's, that was a pretty big thing for you. Yeah. I think the main thing is like, uh, seeking approval from other people and kind of like trying to, to arrange the outside circumstances so that I would feel better, feel more at peace internally and yeah. realizing like, Oh, actually that's causing a lot of chaos and, um, it's really backfiring <laughs> and it's actually not ever, you know, solving the problem. Like if, if I could get it to, if I could get like, you know, I don't know, approval from the right person or, um, try, yeah, basically just trying to like manage my internal experience with like outside circumstances and find kind of finally realizing and how, first of all, like, I think, you know, the lighten up and like the self-compassion piece is just like, like, Ooh, that was kind of, that wasn't cute. That was a little messy and uh, and probably annoying to some people. And I also maybe hurt some people because yeah. of that kind of those sort right. of. A bull in the china shop. Yeah. And <laughs> um, going back to the Taurus analogy. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah. So that's like where that compassion comes in is like, see, Aaron, like everybody, literally everyone has whatever they're hand they're dealt in this life, there's like some behavior or a way of being that a lot of people end up having to kind of reckon with and be like, Oh, Ooh, that's not really how I want to show up in this world. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. it's actually not working for me. It's actually doing the opposite. And so the lighten up and try is kind of like, you know, taking a deep breath and being like, okay, cool. We saw that. Uh, he looked at it squarely and mm. it wasn't cute. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. We're going to like, you know, apologize for ways that, it, you know, it, it caused harm to in personal, whatever relationships. And then now like how, you know, what's, what's, what experience could I have now? Uh, if I am just accept that that's like part of being human and, it's not so yeah. terrible, you know, <laughs> like, I don't yeah, have to like, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I don't know, well, but uh, yeah. That, yeah, that's interesting. And, and I think like everybody can serve for sort of taking a step back and looking at oneself and, you know, I, I applaud you cause it's hard to see aspects of people's, of your own personality or, um, of ways that you act and try to, and understand that maybe that wasn't the best thing. Was there like one thing? Did you like piss off somebody or? Oh, I don't even know. It's, it's more, it's like, I mean, we don't mostly... have to name any names, but I was just, uh, it's, it's a very, it's, it's very interesting and it's super, it's super fucking great that if you're like moving in a direction that you didn't, that where, that you weren't comfortable with and you're like, oh, I, 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 you know, I want to change, I want to change that. Yeah. Has it been successful? Well, 
for you? Have you? <laughs> we'll, we'll see. That kind of begs that this all begs the question. Like, how's yes. it how's it going? Lightening we up, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, more will be revealed. I, I mean, uh, the album's great, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, got a great record, but um, yeah, I think we'll yeah we will definitely just have to see about that. But I um, yeah, I mean, it's. I kind of, you know, I didn't just like up and decide because I was walking along feeling awesome about myself. Like, oh, let's go on a deep dive and fix this stuff on my own. It was kind of like, oh, like I just kind of I'm trying to think what a what a, a good example would be. Um, I don't know. I don't even really. I guess just like. Yeah, trying to just the real the real crux of it is just trying to get approval from others and whether that means, you know, uh trying to attach myself to someone else cuz I think they have what I think I need like to be cool or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um and to you know, and sometimes like, oh, and I get into the situation and I find out like, oh, actually this isn't really what I want. And now I have like inserted myself into this yeah, person's now you're life. In, now you're in it. Yeah. Well, there's a level yeah. of like, it's, it's like a level of codependency, which I have struggled yeah. with over, over, over time as well. Yeah. That, t- that That's a really tough cycle to, to, to kind of get out of, you know? Yeah. You know, and that's, like, a, that's basically, yeah, exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about like, we, I started out the whole thing by kind of teasing you about the whole coming into your stride thing and how, <laughs> and, and, and how that can feel really validating. But, yeah. um, on the other hand, so there's a little bit more, like there's like some deeper stuff that talks about validation, um, and yes. self-love, which is, um, which are those two things that should be intertwined and not needed. Yeah. That, that someone else gives it to you because then you start running down the road needing somebody else's validation yeah. and who's that other person, you know? I mean, right. a lot of people end up with like people they're in love with and in couples and that's all great and stuff or great friends that give you that um, right. with no strings attached. But it's if it doesn't come with, with from within, then it, then it can get really problematic. Yes. Because and who's like, going to give it to you truly if not yourself? Right. right? Exactly. And I think that instinct to get that need met, if it's, if it's, if there's a real like severe lack of it, it kind of can make, it can uh, fuck things up. It can fuck things up. It can make the demand like, you know, that's what I mean about the the bull in the China shop is like, I'm demanding a lot of that from other people when it's not their job. And it makes me sometimes like, maybe it means that I, uh, yeah, just like I said, like inserting myself mm. in a scene or, or with a group of people or a person, I'm like, Oh, th- I'm getting a positive regard from you. Like I got to keep that going, you know, cause I'm not doing that for myself right. and kind of, yeah. Whether it's like self abandonment or just like plain old, uh, not being, uh yeah, just dis- like dishonesty about who I am or whatever. To right, it's, right, and it's not yeah to be your uh, <clears throat> that you ha- you want to be your own authentic self. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, so then circling back, then this album must have been great because you you, you speak of so many um, amazing 
an emotionally challenging subjects in this. How has this sort of like emotional, uh, you know, blender and mix of things uh, played into your own songwriting, if at all? I mean, it definitely, I feel like my songwriting serves as like another way that I process through things or kind of like when I'm getting towards the end of, or getting to a place where I sort of understand like what's happening or what has happened, then it, I can kind of process it by singing about it. And it mm. is very cathartic. Um, yeah. And so that's kind of, yeah, there it's all intertwined for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Does it help you write kind of to like your experience in therapy and talking and working out your own issues? Has that had a positive effect on your songwriting? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, and it kind of makes more, some of those subjects more available to like talk about, uh, in song form, you know, whether, mm. whether, where before they may have kind of been like still kind of under the surface or just like not, you know, it wasn't time to look at them. Uh, yeah. It kind of makes them more digestible, I guess for myself. Um, uh -huh. explain that a little bit like under the surface, but digestible. Oh, uh, I think, the therapy, sorry, previous, like prior to doing like therapeutic work or whatever around some of these subjects, they might not have made it into the songs because mm, too sensitive and too like, yeah, yeah it's hard like, to talk Ooh. about stuff if you haven't got your arm around it. You know, you're like, yeah. oh, I don't know. This makes me feel kind of weird. I need, you know, yeah, wow. That's yeah. interesting. That's um, an interesting and so perspective. Kind of like, yeah, kind of moving through some of that and, you know, g gaining some self-acceptance and uh, having that support to understand like what, what's going on in the old noggin, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, it makes it more, that's what I mean. It, it, it helped metabolize it. So it's not so like, it's not scary to yeah. write about it, but it, it just is like cathartic. Yes. Yeah, totally. It's such interesting stuff. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tell me what your view is on the term cosmic country. I'm really curious to hear what your take is on that. I, I, I dig, I dig that vibe. I dig that, um, that, um, descriptor. I feel like it's been cool to see over the last couple of years. Uh, I mean, I guess the most clear example of it is through playlisting, mm. uh, the subgenres of, of country music and Americana and, it kind of like, you know, you have like the indigo this, to use Spotify as an example, but like indigo playlists or cosmic country. And then you have like, uh, infinite yes. indie folk, you know, it's Neo like folk, the different psych folk. Yeah. yeah um, yeah. So cosmic country, it, to me, it kind of is like, I really dig that. I dig that descriptor. Cause I feel like it kind of, to me, it calls to mind, like, a disco ball and, you know, a classic song structure, but it's like subtly glam. <laughs> right, yeah. um, so it sounds Talk about, fun. talk about getting external validation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I like, you know, I don't know. It just kind of, I get like a sunset kind of color scheme in my mind. Uh, 
It's more like and, yeah, co- it's like country for the 2020s. I mean, yeah. it's sort of like, what are you going to, how long are we just going to call it country with this massive blanket? I think what right. you're kind of saying is that it's great that there's like other lanes and other genre, like subgenres, I think you said. And that's, that's, yeah. that's a good thing. It, 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 yes. it, it creates separation and it creates things for people to grab onto and, yes. and to, and to explore, I think from a, from kind of an, a listener perspective, perhaps maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I, I and I also think it uh, provides avenues for artists to like for a path for different artists to walk. You know, yeah. There's like <clears throat> we have we before it was kind of like we had pop country and Americana, you mm. know, or like pop country, and then there's like straight straight up folk, which actually ended up grouping a lot of stuff in together. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think it's it's cool to see all the sub sub genres. So. And I like, that's kind of music. I like it kind of, uh, it's maybe a, it's like a modern feel of like psych folk yeah. kind of yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, totally, that totally. is very like, you know, like Graham Parsons or something. Mm-hmm. He's, I guess they consider like the birds cosmic country on, on the internet. <laughs> um, yeah. Develop early developer. Well, not only Laurel Canyon sound, but yeah. Psych folk and alt, yeah. alt country and such. So yeah. That, yeah. I kind of so I put the Grateful cool. Dead in that category as well, but that's yeah. just me. That, that's just me. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's great stuff. Well, let's talk about a little bit about your live performances, which of which you've done s- some amazing things. We started out talking about that, but um, you were uh, you were tiny on Tiny Desk in 2019. Yes. That was amazing. Um, yeah, thank you. With uh, Ben Tanner, ben Tanner uh, Alabama Alvin Shakes, and yes. uh, amazing producer. Joe Garner played bass in that band yeah. and I had Joe on the show and I'm, we're going to, I'm putting up his episodes coming up really soon. The Colonel. Oh, awesome. <laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing that. Colonel is he, uh, yeah. Such a cool me. guy. I love talking oh, to him. Yeah. The, best. the red suit. Yes. He's, <laughs> uh, he's from Jackson, Tennessee as well, or lives there now. Yeah. He's yeah. Tennessee. And so we had that in common and yeah, he's just like such a good person and friend and, um, not to mention an incredible country musician he and really artist. Is. He really he's is. He's like a, a singular. Super, yes. Very singular, very unique. Singular artist. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really interesting guy. Um, and you were at Red Rocks doing uh, with um, uh, uh, Trample by Turtles and Camp. That must have been amazing. Yeah. I saw you posted that was some. That was, wow. Great. Yeah. I, yeah. I was like in hog heaven. I was like. Was that the first time was, you played at Red Rocks? It was the first time I played at Red Rocks. It was also the first full band First band show since 2019. So, oh uh, wow, double yeah. a double hit a of like ins- in- insanity. Yeah, really. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so my parent, my family flew out, and my management is in Denver. So it was just like I was like very excited, very felt very supported, and mm. it was gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. And this, um, tell me a little bit about your experience at Newport Folk in uh, last summer. You played with some, was, you did some amazing stuff with uh, like ugh. MC Taylor and um, I think Taylor Goldsmith was there with um, Ifo yeah. Donovan and uh, wow, great stuff. That was like yeah, embarrassment of riches as far as like friends totally. agreeing to totally. do stuff and even people like like Taylor and I had not met yet and he agreed to do this. It was kind of crazy. I it was a week before. I guess it was when we were at Red Rocks. This opportunity to to put together like a cover set uh, came up and I was like, okay. Um, so I put together a set of music and then th- 
the band learned it, but only three of us, I think, uh, or four of us got together to rehearse before going up there and, you know, mm-hmm. had a guest for every song just about. And, uh, you know, people I'm a huge fan of. So I was shaking in my boots, but I was like, so yeah, it was very, it was riveting. It was very fun. It was like the first, one of the early shows of the day. And, uh, it, essentially it was just like songs that I like, uh, honestly that have kind of like a, uh, a nice, you know, like a nice message and kind of like are paying attention to the state of the being alive in this country, in this world. I don't know, but uh, there's there's a political awareness and a political direction for sure. That is not necessarily ignored there. I had, I had Jay sweet on the show. Um, and that, that, that episode came back, I think it came out in December Wonderful nice. human, great guy. Yes. Love talking yeah. to him, understanding a little bit more about Newport and the vibe and what he's really kind of trying to focus on and the, the magic of not announcing guests ahead of time and yeah. bringing everybody together and that sense of inclusiveness, not only from a fan perspective and, 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 and as a viewer, but from the performers themselves backstage yeah. and all the sort of collaborations that occur. It's just amazingly unique. Yeah, just, it was super super special i think yeah hopefully i can't wait to go back next time yeah 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 well i hope that's soon um yeah sometime you got so many things cool things going on the horizon i hope you're on um your uh watch house comes through chicago i don't know if it's going to be you or trey but i hope it'll be me oh great awesome yeah okay so i'll see you in uh, dahlia hall yeah i'll see you in uh in april okay yeah, awesome. Yeah, bring your appetite because there's some good restaurants at Thalia. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah I've never been. I've heard of oh, it for years, you know. M- one of my favorite venues in Chicago. No offense, other venues, but I really, <laughs> I, I just, I, I, I really love Thalia. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Awesome venue. Can't wait for you to I see it. I can't wait. Yeah, 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 I'm, yeah. I'm really excited to hear Watch House play every night. I'm a fan. I'm a, I'm a fan. Yeah, I had Andrew on the show as well. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. yeah. Great guy. Great guy. Yes. We had a really fun conversation. He's such a kind of a down home North Carolina and, you know, yeah, just a, he is. such an awesome mellow vibe and their music is just extraordinary. Yes, it yeah. really is. And Emily is his wife. Yeah, she's, Emily, wonder- yep. she's wonderful. She's wonderful. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. I'm excited. There, uh, we've done like three shows together. Um, yeah, that was like a mainstay. We listened to that a lot. I spent some time at the beginning of the pandemic with my sister and mom in mm. Mississippi. And we would start the day listening to the, yeah. the watch house playlist. Wolves sure. and um, golden embers. Is it? Yep. Crush. That song just crushes me. Crushes yeah. me every time about the sadness of his, it was his grandmother dying. And yeah. Oh my God. And when the cat, yeah. he said the you know, the Cadillac came to take her on the ride. That just gives me goosebumps every time just saying yeah. that. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I just like, I can't even. Like, yeah, you're like, I got him right I now. Can't I can't even. I love oh, that. I don't know what it is about that. It was just sort of that kind of straightforward, matter-of-fact notion yeah. of going for the ro- the last ride. Right. Ooh, oh, I'm getting goosebumps man. now, truly. Right? 
I ain't kidding. I ain't even kidding. I, yeah. <laughs> well, Aaron, this was so great to catch up with you. So amazing. Yes. Thanks, good thanks to for, see you. Yeah. Good to see you too. Thanks for coming on the show and yes, bringing us all to up to speed here. and uh, on what you're doing. And I'm so excited for you. And um, thank you. Yeah. Have a great time in Australia. It's going to be amazing. Thanks. It's going to be I'll amazing. Take lots of pics. Yeah. Please do. <laughs> Post a whole bunch of stuff. And I look forward yes. to catching up with you. And um, hopefully we can catch up at Dahlia. Yeah, yeah, when you come through, awesome. Thanks so much for being here, Aaron. Yes, thanks for having me. This has been so cool. Yes, so good to catch up. Yeah, same here. Bye. Okay, that was Aaron Ray and me talking. I just love Aaron so much, and I love her new album, Lighten Up. Uh, Make sure to go give that a listen. Uh, I was so excited, like I said, during the interview to just open up Rolling Stone magazine and flip through the the random notes section about new artists and others to see her, um, the, the promo picture of Lighten Up and her being written up in the print edition was just super exciting for me and for Aaron, obviously, in this album was just really super critically acclaimed. And I love that. I love talking to Aaron about playing as an opener. Like I said, we had, uh, you know, we connected before in Nashville at the Tristan show back in June at the five spot, but then uh, talked uh, even more uh, at the Dawes show in Chicago. You know, she was with, um, she was playing support for Dawes over the course of the, uh, of their entire tour, which is something like two months. And just talking about the dynamics of being an opening act. And while Dawes is really essentially, you know, lyric based, very story based. It's rock, but I know Aaron fits in really well with that, uh, that whole vibe, but sometimes openers just don't really fit in well with that vibe and it can be, uh, challenging. I mean, you know, it's their job to do that. Uh, but it was interesting to get those perspectives from Aaron, especially, and also to hear her excitement at playing at Red Rocks for the very first time. Uh, and it was also a first show back after COVID, it was the middle of the summer, um, and uh, just super exciting to hear her excitement in doing that as well. And uh, she was also at Newport Folk over the summer and had some amazing collabs, I think, with uh, MC Taylor and uh, Taylor Goldsmith of Dawes and others. And uh, I also loved her, um, you know, her kind of quote unquote origin story, you know, starting out in open mics in college and really opening herself up to that opportunity to perform. And I loved the support that her parents gave her with her dad, giving her the nice Martin guitar, in fact, giving her another other amazing Martin guitar a little bit later on uh, and not pushing her, but encouraging her to do what she really believes in and what she felt she is uh, destined to do, which is to be an amazing uh, folk, uh, folk artist. Uh, you know, I also love talking about the psych folk and cosmic country genres and lanes and, uh, and having that discussion with her just a, a wonderful conversation uh, with uh, what felt like an old friend. And um, I look forward to catching up with Aaron again on the road. Like, I said she's in finishing it up in Australia uh, just now in the middle of uh, of March, and at the end of this month she sets out in support of Watch House. Uh, so go check out her website, and for more of those dates, that's going to be uh, an exciting uh, time for her as well. And Watch House is amazing as well as uh, as Aaron. Again, check out her 
her latest album, Lighten Up. It's really wonderful. So I want to thank all of you for being here and for your continued support of Road Case. Make sure you stay in touch with us on the socials. We've got a lot of great uh, guests coming up in the next weeks and months to come. And I want to send a special thank you to my friend Aaron Ray for being here on this episode of Road Case. Thanks again so much for listening. And I'd like to encourage everyone to get involved with Roadcase. You can do so in a number of different ways. You can email me at info at roadcasepod.com with questions, comments, and even suggestions for guests. Or you can follow us on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're at roadcasepod. And we have a YouTube channel called Roadcase Podcast. And of course, you can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite listening platform. And if you could please rate and review the podcast while you're there, that would be great. So I want to thank Waltzer for this awesome theme music that we have. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening to Roadcase. We have a lot of great episodes coming up, so I'll see you on down the road. Mm-hmm.